Pope St. Gregory the Great, in commenting on the verse we heard from Ezekiel, says, I know that as a preacher, I am called to be that watchman. And I have to say things, I have to warn my people of the impending uh, danger. And yet how inadequate I feel because so often I fall into some of these same vices which I'm trying to warn my people of. He had been a, a monk before they made him pope. And he said, oh, when I was, when I was back in the monastery, it was so easy. I could be recollected in prayer. I didn't... I didn't I didn't worry about what, I was always silent, so I'd have to worry about sinning by what I said, and now I fall into all these things. And so it's with that same sort of trepidation that oftentimes a preacher's got to preach. Not that he's perfect, and I'm certainly not perfect in what I want to speak on today, uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a watchman, I'm sitting up on the city, city walls, and I'm seeing the enemy creeping, and it does me no good to say, well... I don't want to wake them up. It's a little bit uncomfortable. So, uh, so with that, with that uh, I take the, the risk. And what I want to speak of today is something that I've been being warned of ever since I came to Delano. I've heard people say, yeah, you know, I used to think that in my small town this was bad until I moved to Delano. And if you tell a local that you've noticed this problem, they'll just say, oh, yeah, welcome to Delano. And of course, that problem is the culture of gossip. It's the flip side of the coin of the spirit of community, right? Close-knit, long family histories, everybody knows everybody, and then we tend to talk about everybody. And before I go any further, I just want to stop because I'm not condemning anybody. I, I fall into this just as much as anybody else. But before we proceed, let's just, let's just recall for a moment a time where we were hurt by gossip. Because every single one of us has an instance where we know that we, we maybe lost friends, maybe, maybe lost reputation, maybe lost a, a job prospect because of what somebody said about us, whether it was, whether it was untrue whether it was at just nobody's business. But that's so, it so hurts. And we can say, oh, it's just, just words, you know, words don't matter that much. But James says in his letter that the perfect person is the one who doesn't sin by what he says. And Jesus calls us to be perfect. So it's with that goal in mind that we proceed this morning. Because I think that Jesus obviously has some, some good words for us in the gospel, the anecdote to this culture of, of gossip, which even though we know we don't want to do it and we shouldn't do it and it's hurtful and it's harmful, we live and breathe in it like we've been talking about in previous weeks. And so it's so easy just to slip into it. So let's take heed to Jesus's words. Jesus here is talking to his disciples, that's us. His disciples, his apostles weren't immune to this, and neither are we. So let's, let's dive into what he says and, and go, go slowly on it. So if your brother, time out, pause, stop right there. That's so key. We're, we're talking about somebody who's in relationship with us. This is my brother. My brother has hurt me in some way. Is he my brother or is he my enemy? Because oftentimes when we're hurt, we just like 
we want to throw people in the enemy category. Jesus says, no, Jesus sees us all as brothers and sisters, and so we got to see each other as brother and sister first before we even move. I remember somebody telling me a number of years back, they said, I never say anything, I never speak to anything about what's going on and frustrating me until I've gone and talked to Jesus about it first. So, oh, that's a, that's a really good, good idea. I go to Jesus and Jesus, help me to see this person as my brother, as my sister, before I do anything else, before I make another move. And I think that's, that's important. You know, oftentimes, like, if we have a good family, you know, if we're a tight family, close family, there's, what's there is there's love there. There's real love. And you can, there's a certain freedom of being able to talk. You know that when you're saying such and such, something about, you know, your son or your daughter, you know, it's, it's with the, the goal of love in mind. I see that they're suffering, I see that they're struggling, I see that they're, they're walking into a, in a dangerous direction and it's with love that I'm telling other close people in the family to help me with this situation. And that actually has to be our first motivation. It's primarily for their good, not for my own good. It's not because I have a grievance that I'm hurt, that I'm suffering, it's because if they've really sinned, then that's damaging to their own soul. And it's with that I say, I need, I need to let you know something that you're doing or that you've done that's harmful. And it, it did harm me, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep that out of the picture right now. I'm just, I'm more concerned about you. So is this person my brother, my sister? Are we in relationship? And then if your brother sins against you. So this is... This is Somebody's sinned against you, not, oh, this person has a different preference than I have. This person does things a little bit differently than I have. This person uh, is a little bit annoying. No, it's, this, is, this is a real grievance. This is a real harm, not just, uh, not just a, 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 a difference between the two of you. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And there's, there's the first step. Is this, is, am I going to this person or am I going to somebody else? Who's the first person I go to? It has to be this brother. It's, it's interesting that even though we kind of know this and we've also experienced where some things come back to us that somebody said such and such about you, like, what's your first reaction? Why didn't they just come to me? Why didn't they just come and tell me that? And that compiles to the, to the hurt and the brokenness of the relationship. But that's hard, Jesus. I gotta go and talk to my brother. It's way easier to talk to, talk to my, my, my friend about my brother. It's way easier to talk about somebody else. Yeah, but that's not gonna solve any problems. It's not gonna, it's not gonna heal the relationship. No, obviously there might be situations where like I need to go and, and get some, uh, some encouragement. I need to make sure I'm thinking about this clearly. I need to, you know, so I'm going to the right person, maybe a close friend or a spouse to say, okay, this is what happened. How should I proceed? How should I bring this up with that person? That could be okay. Uh, but we still need to go to, it has to be ordered towards going to the brother. If he listens to you, you've won over your brother. You've won back a friend. You're back in relationship. That's actually, that was actually the goal, right? We want to be in relationship with each other until we've won him over. If he doesn't listen, then take one or two along with you. So 
bring somebody else into the conversation at that point. If he still doesn't listen, uh, then tell the church. We can understand that as either going up the chain of hierarchy, whether it's in a parish community or at work or whatever else, going up the chain. It also, it also, we could also interpret the word church as the community. You know, and sometimes if there's, if there's something really serious going on, you know, somebody's swindling old ladies or something, that should be something that is made public, right? So-and-so swindles old ladies, be, be watchful of him, uh, don't let him go near your grandmothers. Uh, but we don't want to jump to that. Jumping, jumping steps is where we get into, into difficulty. If he refuses even to listen to the church, if he's still obstinate in this, in this sin, then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. How do we treat Gentiles and tax collectors? Well, Jesus ate with Gentiles and tax collectors. Jesus performed miracles for, for Gentiles. Jesus was kind to Gentiles. Jesus said that the, the Gentiles and the tax collectors were your neighbors, and we just heard in the second reading that we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we still don't get to gossip against the Gentiles and the tax collectors. We just lower our expectations a little bit. I say, okay, I can't hold them to the standards of, of Christian living because that's not how they're living. But how can I live in such a way that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm presenting an attractive uh, life that could still persuade them towards the cause of, of the faith? Then he says, amen, I say to you, whenever Jesus says that, should listen up. It's usually really important. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's similar to what he said to Peter just a couple weeks ago, but in completely different context. Here he's talking about relationship. And I think in a very real way, when we hold on to grievances and don't go to somebody, we're binding ourselves. We're binding ourselves to the earth, to earthly concerns and matters. And it's not until we loosen those bonds by, by reconciling, by forgiveness, by, uh, by repentance, that, that we really loose the other person. We set them free. We'll see this in the gospel next week. Jesus' call to forgiveness and how every penny, he says, of unforgiveness will have to be accounted for before we can enter into the kingdom. And so it's incumbent upon us to seek out those relationships that are in rift so that we can loose ourselves and the other person from them. So there's, there's Jesus' words to us. One might wish that he would have written a little bit more, given us a little bit of more specifics, maybe a manual, like, well, what about this situation, Lord? What if the person is really mean? What if that's the, well, he didn't, uh, but I think the principles are enough of a starting point. And remember, Jesus never tells us to do anything that A, he's not willing to do himself. And we see him doing this, taking Peter aside and reprimanding him, for instance. Uh, we, we, we see him as the watchman. He's, he's the great watchman coming to say, hey, you're, you're walking in the wrong direction. The enemy's coming and we need to change. But he's also, he also never tells us to do anything that he doesn't give us the grace to accomplish. And he does give us the grace to accomplish it. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, when he's called by the Lord to go and preach hard words to, to the people, he says, Lord, I am a man of sinful lips, living amongst a people of sinful lips. And the Lord, in response, 
doesn't say, oh, never mind, let me ask somebody else. He, go, he has one of the angels go to the fire and take a, take a coal with the tongs and touch it to Isaiah's lips. And actually, this is what happens when we come to Mass. The beginning of Mass, we acknowledge our faults for what I've done, what I've said, what I've failed to do. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. And then at the pivotal moment of the Mass, the angel of the Lord takes the tongs and he takes from the fire the burning love of God. And he reaches over and touches our lips with the sacred host. This is for our purification, the purification of our, of our lives, the purification of our hearts. And it's not accidental that it starts with the purification of our lips. I think this is a, a high call, but if we're really intentional about it as a community, as a family, we could accomplish it. We could accomplish great things of just rooting out gossip from our, our common parlance. You know, if you have a, a close friend who's also a Christian, oftentimes we fall into gossip with them, both knowing I shouldn't be saying this. Oftentimes, you know, maybe you've both gone into the confessional and confessed the same, the same gossip at different times, but not brought it up with each other. And what a great opportunity we have to share with our, our brothers and sisters, our close friends, our spouses, our families, and say, you know what, let's hold each other accountable. And maybe something that we can do, just a really practical thing, would be to ask somebody when they start to, start to go down that, that uh, trail, say, why are you telling me this? Are you telling me this so that I can help you have the, have the courage and confidence and words to go and talk to that person? Or are you telling me this because you want to air a grievance or you want me to think poorly of this person? because I would love to help you. And that's what we can do. We can help each other with this because it's difficult and we do slip into it so easily. Let's ask the Lord for, for that grace to, to, to be men and women of, of pure speech, be men and women seeking reconciliation. Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were known in Delano for, oh yeah, they're the, they're the ones who don't gossip. No fun bringing a story to them because they'll just shut you down. They're always asking me, why are you telling me this? And then I have to reckon with that. Why am I telling them this? Why am I saying this right now? Let's end with, uh, there's a psalm, Psalm 19. It just ends with a, a beautiful little prayer that's always been close to my heart, something we can readily have on our lips. And it says, oh Lord, keep watch at the door of my lips and set a guard over my mouth.